When you walk into a room, do people gravitate towards you or away from you? Right. Dude, 23 years ago, I stepped off my first big stage, about 9,000 people. And she asked me this question. This is what I wrote my first book on. It's really been my journey for 20 plus years. She said, Ken, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? This, this year, and he goes, what are your goal? What's your goal this year? I said, dude, I want to make a million dollars. And he leaned across the table and put his hand on my knee. He's Persian. And he put his hand on my knee. He goes, a month or a week? Get in rooms with people you think bigger than you do. And it's that great leaders want something for people, not from people. Think about what you can do to lead with value, exactly what Ken's talking about, because that's been my secret sauce. You should look up in his six months. Six months later, look back on the version of you six months before and go, dude, I didn't have a clue. Welcome to the show, Ken. What's up, my friend? I'm so thankful and grateful that you made the trip and are here today. Man, I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. We've had some amazing talks already before <laughs> we even hit record, um, which I think they might have been recording this already. I hope they were recorded because yeah. you're right. So many good conversations happen before the, the green light turns on. Don't they? That yes. and then when you're done. It's like the best conversations. I just yeah. posted a video on my Instagram about me and Greg Reed from three years ago. After an Instagram live, and he said, dude, come to my house. I love Gregory. Dude, he's I fun. went to his house to play games the other day. Yeah. He beat me, but. <laughs> yeah. He talks a little trash on chess, I guess, doesn't he? He does. We actually, so fun fact, Gregory beat me two out of three in live chess. Yeah. But he has since sent me, uh, I forgot the name of the digital game the on the phone. version. But right. on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, hey, Greg, I'm up two games to two games to one on the uh, telephone. So Peace coming Greg. at you, Greg. <laughs> but no, he beat me in shooting and frisbee golf, and we played. Uh, I beat him in clean dirty. He's got a whole bunch of fun yeah, little. Yeah, dude, yeah. I love Greg. Uh, he's he I is. I, I get accused of being 15 years old a lot. Greg yeah. probably gets accused of being 15 more than I do. <laughs> so, yes, but I honestly, when I launched this show and I made my list, you were one of the first three people I said I've got to get yeah. Ken out here because. I your event that I was at when we got to first hang out. So we first met through a friend, Scott, mm -hmm. and I was on your podcast. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It was virtual, but I didn't get to really know the Ken. Yeah. Then when I came out to Scottsdale and got to speak, I, I think it was one of your first events. Yeah, one of my first live boot camps. Yeah. About 50, 55 people in Scottsdale with some really good friends of mine. It was an awesome experience, but I, I fell in love with you as a human being there, just your message, your theme. And as I mentioned to you offline, the show is based on success formulas. My audience is trying to understand how successful people are successful. And I believe it's formulaic. I think that I follow a formula no matter what I do. Having watched you crush it in real estate, crush it with the podcast, crush it with GSD. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I, you know, you don't, I don't yeah. know if the word pastor and crushing it should go together, but yeah. impact so many and yeah. affect so many with your words and how you speak and um, what you've done. You clearly have a success formula. And so my goal today is to just talk to you and yeah. Let that come out to the audience. Yeah, it's crazy, man. People ask me all the time. I get two main questions. How do you get around the people you get around? Like we're mm -hmm. talking offline about just all the all the mutual friends we know and the people. I, I brought one of my, my best friend here today with me, Master Jeff. He's got like 1.4 million followers on Instagram. Forbes magazine did a whole spread on him being, they call him the Tony Robbins of Persia. He does huge events overseas. It's like 20K a seat. It's two and a half days, and he's the only speaker. He speaks like 15 hours a day Wow! on tapping into your inner potential. It's it, the, the people I get to spend time with, dude, is it literally every day I wake up, and I'm like, I pinch myself. I'm like, are you kidding me? And people say, Ken, how do you get around those people? And this has really been, dude, if, I've, if I had one message, man, if God said, Ken, you got six months, and that's it, and you had one message to go around the world and teach, preach, Talk about what would it be? And it's that great leaders want something for people, not from people. Great leaders want something for people, not from people. Not from people. And I'm telling you, man, when you get, and I, it's why it's it's why when you get around people like us, Carlos Reyes, Anthony mm -hmm. Trucks, Sharon Lecter, we just talking about Greg Reed. When you get around some of the people that we get to spend time with and do life with, it's it, it is so. I goosebumps. It's so <laughs> it's so relational. It's there's no nobody's looking for a transaction to take place. And when transactions take place, they're just organic in nature. They just happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, again, if I had one thing, it's great leaders want something for people, not from people. Well, and it's funny you say that because when I launched this show, 
originally, my thought was, okay, how can I add value to my audience? How can I help them? But you know what's honestly been the case? I've learned more from my friends and guests that I've gotten the privilege of talking to. I leave inspired, motivated, focused, dedicated. I mean, I leave and my brain's like, it's just a flood of knowledge for me. I get to spend now this time with you and I get to ask you all these fun questions that I could do it as a, in our friendship, I could just call you. But here through this platform, this channel, I get to ask you these incredible questions and see the real canon, what goes to make you successful. And like what you just said, real leaders want something for people, not from people. The way you say that and articulate it, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. You know, we live in such a transactional world. We live in like the social media world, Instagram, and me and you know it well. Mm-hmm. It's like people, you literally can present a almost a false reality of who you are. But when you get around somebody, and I ask, I ask people this all the time, when you walk into a room, do people gravitate towards you or away from you? Like, do people want to be, do they want to interact with you? Mm-hmm. And when you interact with somebody, I call them life-giving people. Like if Jeff Finster calls my phone or Dave Meltzer or any of the friends that we we have in common, I do not want to pick the phone up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I can't wait to see what Jeff has. What's going on? Tell me how you're, tell me how everybody's going. Tell me what you're doing with Shaq. Tell me all the stuff you got. If Dave calls or Sharon calls or any of the people that we know, I'm like, dude, I want to pick the phone call. I, I want to take that. But we all have those people on our phone. When we see it, we're like, Mm-hmm. And we 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 send that bad boy to voicemail. <laughs> we flip it face down on the table, and I and and I think the number one thing in I call it, I, I, dude. I gather champions. I have got so many amazing people in my life. They really are champions, and it starts with wanting something for them, not from them. Mm-hmm. And it starts with yesterday. We're at Tracy Dews, my really good friend. Um, her book launch party last night. Tracy spoke at Create last year crushed it. She's been on dropping bombs with Brad and um, and some other people, and she's doing some really amazing things. Last night, we're there, and the the Holstein Water CEO and his mom are there, and I'm thinking, dude, you got to know Jake Carls, my buddy, who I met through Dave Melser. Yep. Jake's the CEO of uh, Midday Squares in Canada. I'm like, dude, you guys got to meet. I literally picked my phone up and texted both of them, said, Jake, meet Alex. You guys need to know each other. You're doing different businesses, but a lot of the same things that you're doing on distribution, thing, you guys got to know each other. You just made a deposit for two human beings. I just, I'm like, when I, when I, when I get around people and I meet people, um, I, I'm instantly thinking like, who's Jeff, who does Jeff need in his life right now? Mm-hmm. I told you, Erwin McManus, who's a mutual friend of both of ours, called me a couple weeks ago. We were on the phone for about 35 minutes and we were, he was sharing some things and I'm like, dude, you need to know this person. And I'm literally picked the phone up, boom, boom, Erwin meets so-and-so, boom. And then you guys have got to connect. Yeah. I'm constantly thinking through who does Jeff need? Who does, who does Erwin need? Who does... You know, who does Sharon need to know? Who are the people that you need in your life that I know? And how can I add value to what you're doing? And that's so powerful when you're trying to build relationship capital. As those who are listening to this and going, I don't know enough great people. Think about what you can do to lead with value. Exactly what Ken's talking about. Because that's been my secret sauce. I get asked that question too. Like, how do I get the opportunity to have Ken Jocelyn come all the way to San Diego to come in my podcast studio when you're such a busy guy? Yeah. But the difference is what you just said is, if you lead with value, people want to come. They want to help because they look at you. And I think you use the, do people get attracted to you when you walk in the room? Mm-hmm. It's ways that we do that in life. It doesn't always have to be what's in it for me. It's how can I help you? And if I help enough people, you know what happens? A rising tide lifts all I was boats. about to say my favorite Zig Ziglar quote is yeah. if you help enough people get what they want, eventually you're going to get what you want. That's right. Dude, 23 years ago, I stepped off my first big stage. About 9,000 people had to speak behind John Maxwell. That's the third time I've done that. I told John at my conference, John's opened my conference up two years in a row. I'm like, dude, I'm never speaking behind you again. You suck all the oxygen out of the room. I mean, dude, you get up on stage behind John Maxwell and you can keep an audience's attention, you're doing something. Yes, you are. But my mentor spoke behind me 23 years ago. Who's and your I, mentor? Uh, Jeannie Mayo. She was one of this. Was, I was in youth ministry. Obviously, this was a pastors and leadership conference. My good friend, Ron Luce, it was his it was his thing. I think there were 60,000 people there. And then they had the leadership summit was part of it. And there was about eight, 9,000 um, pastors, leaders there. And John spoke right before me. And Jeannie said, hey, can you want to do lunch tomorrow? I said, sure. And so we go do lunch the next day. And she sits me down and she asked me this question. This is what I wrote my first book on. It's really been my journey for 20 plus years. She said, Ken, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? Well, she said, because they're two vastly different things. That's a heavy question. And I wasn't, I was 32. I just walked off stage. 
I'm in front of, you know, 8,800 people and John behind John. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, I thought I hung the moon. Yeah, you I, thought you were significant and successful. I'm in ministry. I'm crushing it. I'm speaking at all the big con- – I mean, I have my own big conference, and I thought I was doing something really cool. And when Jeannie looked at me that day in Pontiac, Michigan, and said, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? It was an eye-opener for me. And it, and it really led me on this journey to understand that significant leaders build others around them, understanding that when they do and they help others around them become the best version of themselves, it does – it does enact that that Zig Ziglar quote, help mm-hmm. enough people get what they want. Eventually you get what you want. But people who chase success leave a trail of damage behind them. Well, you know, my view on chasing mm-hmm. is you chase things, it runs. Mm-hmm. You chase money, you chase an opposite sex, you chase op- success, you chase a dream. It's just going to run from you. You got to attract. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's you working on you becoming the best version of yourself. That's right. It's it's ab- it absolutely works. But, you know, that conversation 23 years ago probably saved me from a lot of Heartbreak. So how did you answer the question? I said significance. I knew it was the right answer. I didn't know why. Did you believe it or did you just no, say No, no, no. It? I just know I knew. I knew I knew the right answer. I mean, because sometimes we don't know in the I, moment. I, I dude, I wasn't a dummy. I knew significance was the right answer, but I didn't understand why. And I'm a, I'm 54 years old now, I'll be 55 in August. Um, you know, in every probably six months, I tell people all the time, you should look up in this six months. Six months later, look back on the version of you six months before and go, dude, I didn't have a clue. That's right. I've done that. I've, it's just been this repeated cycle in my life for the last 30 plus years. Well, that self-reflection, that mirror moment that you're that you're talking about, that is so powerful as a self-growth tool mm-hmm. because it allows you to course correct. It's like if we're driving to, if I tell you to meet me in a location and that location is across the country and you don't put it in your map, Sure, you might head east if you're in San Diego knowing, okay, I'm going to get there, but you could end up in New York or Miami. Yeah. But if you have that mirror moment, you can know, am I even heading in the right direction? Which is, dude, which is why relationships are so important. I mean, I've got men, I've got a text thread with six guys in it. Um, Gary Brecca, partners with Grant Cardone, top biohacker in the world. Mm -hmm. Our, Our text thread this morning, literally for the last 24 hours, just blown up. I usually started every day. I get up at 4 a.m. through the week. I usually start it with my quiet time or whatever worship song. But I'll send it to the group, and then, boy, here we go. It's just all day long. Gary Brecka, Randy Garn. You know Randy, best-selling author on the board with Tony Robbins. Um, the most connected human being I've ever been around. He knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, Randy makes me look like I don't know anybody. <laughs> and I know everybody. Uh, Randy Garn, my good friend Brian Covey, who's the senior vice president of, of uh, Revolution Mortgage, about $5 billion, I think, last year they did. Uh, my best friend, Master Jeff, who's here who looked across the table at me. We're at his house in Calabasas this, this year. And he goes, what are your goal? What's your goal this year? I said, dude, I want to make a million dollars. And he leaned across the table and put his hand on my knee. He's Persian. And he put his hand on my knee. He goes, a month or a week? I said, no, 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 dude, you don't understand. I said, here's my goal, 50, 100, um, 50, 100, 500, and 1,000. Those are my numerical goals in GSD. 50 people on Mastermind, 100 people in my community, 500 people at both my creative conferences, 1,000 of my courses sold. That's 5.192 million. I want to make a million bucks. He leans across the table, puts his hand on my knee again. He goes, a month or a week? (laughs) I was like, oh, my. Okay, I got you, bro. But let me catch up to the million a year, and then I'll get to the million. But you have to have those kind of people. I've got him, Brent Go, one of the top guys at EXP, 29,000 agents in his organization, about $1.2 a month in rev share. Um, Who else have I got? Vic Keller sold 11 companies to Buffett was Mr. B's CEO for Berkshire Hathaway Automotives for three years. Now he owns 17 companies. Um, act is, I think he's the active chair for nine of them. Um, who else am I missing? Um, Brent Randy. Um, I may have to look at my phone. Brent <laughs> Randy, Brent Randy. Um, yeah, there's six, there's six guys. I'm trying to even think of who the last couple guys are, but it's just, a it's, it's an unbelievable group of guys that if I ever have to make a big decision, or if I'm ever ready to go, oh, you know what, create conference one isn't enough. Now we're going to do one in Dallas. Who do I want? I want Brendan Bouchard. I want, which we have Brendan locked in, by the way. Congrats. And, and we're going to give Brendan's growth day. He just finished the one in Austin, Texas. Next year, everybody who comes to create, we're going to give them a ticket to go to growth day for free. So we're, we're doing a partnership. That's awesome. Well, that happened through Randy. I called, picked the phone up and said, Randy, here's what I want to do. Here's my vision. Here's my dream. What do you think? And Randy goes, dude, let me get Brendan on the on a call. Let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to have those types of relationships to be able to, the first conversation I have, ever had with Grant Cardone three years ago, October of 2019, 
he looked at me, you know, Grant, he's like five, five, he's a little dude. And he looked at me, put his finger on my face. We're in a private conversation. He goes, what do you, what do you want? What are you here for? And I said, Grant, I'm here to blow the lid off my mindset of what's a lot of money. Man, I, I want to help people that want to do ministry, do it and not have the burden of wondering where the finances are going to come to be able to plant churches and do what they want to do. And he looked at me, he goes, dude, I'll help you if you'll let me. I said, okay. And that was one of the first relationships three years ago that was like, aha, game changer moments. And they just constantly lift me and challenge what I'm believing myself for. Million dollars, million dollars a month or million dollars a week. Sure. Like it's a constant challenge. Hey guys, I just want to take a second and thank you so much for listening and supporting our show. If it has brought you any value at all, please leave us a review and give us some feedback. We would love to hear about it. Now, back to the show. I mean, I think what you're saying is so important because we all go through that in our journey. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I ever made a million dollars, it was my goal for years and years and years. Since I was a kid, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars. You know, that's like this big round yeah, number, yeah. you know? And it was like 2014. And I remember, I remember I looked at my income and I'm like, I made a million dollars. And I thought I was going to be the happiest guy in the world. And I wasn't. Yeah. Because the dollar amount, number one, it wasn't, it wasn't the dollar amount. It was that I didn't feel fulfilled on my potential. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a money thing. The money allows, like I learned this from David Meltzer, my, my mentor as well, that I need to make as much money as I can so I can help as many people as I want to and impact what I want to do. Mm -hmm. If you don't make enough money, it's like the best analogy is the airplane. The little yellow things pop down. Put your mask on before you right. help somebody else right. because if you're not taken care of and you don't have the resources, you can't give back. Yeah. And I remember that day going, I'm not happy. I'm not even close to fulfilled. And one of my other mentors said, because your potential is not a million dollars. A million dollars was just a stepping stone on your potential. And it's not just money. It's not just quantifiable by money. Have bigger goals. Set bigger aspirations. And I think, you know, when Master Jeff touched you on your knee, he's probably trying to give you that same advice. Which oh, is exactly what Ken, he did. A million dollars a week? Yeah, yeah. And when I you hit that, it's going to be a day like, or an hour. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, you get around those guys and you think you think big. Yes. And then the moment I walk into your studio today, I'm like, oh, crap, I got to step it up. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm asking, okay, Jeff, hey, how much was this wall? Mm -hmm. And what'd you, what was the budget for this? Like, as soon as I walk in, I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, I'm not dreaming big enough. Like, I've got to dream mm -hmm. bigger. And listen, those of you guys watching, listening to this podcast, like, you've got to get around people. I have a quote in my GSD planner. For a year and a half, for a year and a half after I met Grant in October 2019, I wrote in my 10X planner every single day. My goals twice a day. And then I took Grant's plan and I put it on steroids. Goals, gratitude, affirmations, top three every morning. 1% better wins goals a second time in a scoreboard the second half of the day. And then on the bottom right-hand corner of every page, I put this quote, get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. Dude, the more you can put yourself, I just, I just spoke at the Undercover Billionaire Boot Camp this weekend from the TV show that Discovery did that Grant was on. And my talk the last probably couple of times, I was at UConn two weeks ago, was proximity is a cheat code. Mm -hmm. Like, remember the old, you, you ain't this old, but back in the day, it was cool this weekend because it was the first talk I've done. Where I'm like, how many of you guys know what Super Nintendo is? And they're like, I mean, I'm not oh, that old. I'm 40. Yeah. I grew up on Super Nintendo. Okay, I grew up on Super regular Nintendo. Nintendo. You got the game. I had, had a blow, Atari. You had to blow yeah. in it because <sighs> that's exactly right. That was Nintendo 1, by the way. Yes. And was, you had to click, 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 that's click, exactly click, click, click. Right. Yeah. But when you played Contra, Sure? Yeah, I mean, my buddy would stay up all night long, and then somebody goes, hey, dude, if you go left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, B, A, B, A, B. Select start. Select start. You got what? Yes. Unlimited, Unlimited lives. lives. Are Best you kidding? Are you kidding me? Yes. Listen, proximity, relationships, it's a cheat code. I think it was up, down, up, down, left, right, left, yeah, right. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, a cheat B, code. A, B, A, B, select start. And then, the, and then the reality of it is, dude, it's relationships are cheat codes. Every mm -hmm. time I get around you. Every time I get around Dave, every time I'm, when I come to Jeff's house in Calabasas and spend a couple, two or three days with him, when I get around this weekend at Undercover Billionaire Boot Camp and I'm around Gary Breck and I'm around Grant and I'm around all these guys and all these friends that I have, Randy Garn, and it's, it literally is, oh my gosh, I'm not thinking big enough. Well, I learned this, how I'm going to articulate it, I learned from the Mathis twins when I had them on the show, but they have this saying, exposure leads to expansion. When you expose your mind to new things, mm. it expands your mind and expands your capabilities because it's like the four-minute mile. Yeah. Until somebody did it, it was impossible. Two, now three, that one person did it, everyone can do three it. Three people broke it in a race not even six months after, in the same race. Correct. And scientists said it was absolutely, it wasn't even physiologically possible 
for a human being to run mm-hmm. a sub four minute mile. That's how powerful the mind is. It's crazy. And that I think is one of the things that attracts me to want to hang out with guys like yeah. you and why I'm so yeah. excited to have you here and why I wanted to nurture our friendship is yeah. because when you're around big thinkers, it doesn't make my dreams feel small. It pushes me to go even further. Mm-hmm. I already think big from in my yeah, own my yeah, head. Yeah. But when I'm around guys like you, yeah. it makes me think bigger yeah. and vice versa. And that's an attractive trait with friend groups. And that's why that group of six of you, you're pushing each other. Bro, it is, it is crazy. I remember we were at Brent's build event in Dallas in August. And so had Tony Robbins came in and spoke. Tony was the last guy that spoke. There's 4,400 agents, a lot of EXP agents, huge room. Obviously I'm sitting on the front row. To my left is Jeff, Master Jeff. To my right is Gary Brecka, Sage, Brent, Kathy, Dean Graziosi, Randy Garn, and then the two billionaire Glens, Stearns from Undercover Billionaire, and then Glenn Sanford, who's a CEO of EXP. I'm selling for a row. And I look at these guys and I I grab, I grab Gary. I'm on one shoulder, I got my arm on Gary, and one of them I got on Jeff, and I went, dude, I do not belong <laughs> on this row. I literally was like so blown away. And, hum- and Tony is sitting, standing two feet away from me, going crazy for two hours and 45 minutes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I get to be in this level of proximity. Like, you cannot not be successful. You cannot n- not make a difference and make an impact and leave people better than you found them and not help people become the best version of yourselves. When you, when you circle and surround yourself with that quality and caliber of human beings. That's right. That's right. And I think what I, what I want to dig into with you, because you've been a pastor for how many years? 15 out of the last 30. 15 out of the last 30. And I think that that trade, that craft, um, that mission in life Mm -hmm. is one of helping others, Mm -hmm. right? What led you to want to be a pastor? Well, I gave my life to Christ when I was 25 years old, August of 1993. Didn't grow up in church, didn't know anything about church. First time I heard the gospel, um, I responded. And people go, people ask me all the time, Ken, are you religious? I'm like, no, I'm not religious at all. Because there's a difference because... The difference between the religion and the gospel is this. Religion says if you do the checklist, A, B, and C, if I go to church, if I tithe, if I do the things I'm supposed to do, if I jump through enough hoops, God's going to be okay with me. And then the gospel says, man, when you understand what Jesus did for you, that he paid the price so that you could not afford to pay, and he paid it because he loves you, like when you understand that, what happens is it causes change on the inside of your heart. When the inside, when your heart changes, it causes your outward expression and all of the actions and things you do to change. Religion says you change on the outside, God will love you enough on the inside. This year at Create Conference in Atlanta is our second one. Uh, John Maxwell opened up. I mean, we had Ed Milet, Jesse Isler, Randy Garn, Gary Brecka, my buddy Master Jeff, Amberly Lago, Marie Cosker. I mean, the lineup was insane. I had floor stickers, these two-foot by four-foot floor stickers all throughout the auditorium when you walked into the foyer for registration, and they were my quotes everywhere. Well, the first quote people saw when they walked in was a quote that I used to share every Sunday when I pastored. God's love for you isn't predicated on your performance. He loves you because he created you as a son or a daughter. What I do doesn't affect how much God loves me, good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like if I wake up today, son, we're actually shooting this on a Sunday, if I woke up and watched church, which I did this morning, if I didn't, he doesn't love me any less. He's, 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 he created me. No different than you do your kids or I do my four daughters. Sure. Like, there's nothing they can do to make me love them less. Right. And so, yeah, so that's what got me into full-time ministry was just that understanding. But the day before you heard gospel, yeah. August of— August 20, it'd be August 21st, 1990, 1993. August 21st, yeah. 1993. Yeah. The day before that? No gospel. No I had no religion. idea. I had no idea who God was. I had no idea how much. So, what he made you me. listen to gospel the first time? My next door neighbor was the was the student pastor at the church, and then one of my buddies I played softball with every weekend went to the same church. And I do come hang out with us. I'm like, nah, it's not for me. Nah, it's not for me. Nah, it's not for me. And then finally, they asked over and over and over, and I finally went. And the first time I the first time I heard you know the pastor speak on the gospel. I understood. It was like, it, it was that aha moment. Scripture calls, Scripture basically says that the Holy Spirit draws us. He reveals to us how much he loves to, how much he loves us. And I realized for the first time ever, oh my God, you, you, you love me enough to send Jesus to take my place and die for me. And when that happened, it was that aha moment in my heart. And it opened up. It's like, okay, well, God, how could I not 
want to serve you? How could I not want to follow you? How can I not want to surrender who I am and what I'm going to do in the rest of my life to you because you did this for me? And when you make that exchange, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, any man who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That day I became a, a brand new man. I mean, it was there was so much change that happened in my life, and it was it wasn't even change that I worked on. It wasn't like I tried to stop cussing or I tried to stop watching porn or it was just it was gone. The desire to do all of those things was gone, and it was a uh, it was an unbelievable moment, transformative wow. moment in my life. And were you married or single? At the time? Married. Yeah, I tell people I got at the time I got married in nineteen, met my wife in ninety one, got married in ninety two. I got saved in ninety three, or I probably would have got divorced in ninety four. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a game changer for me. And did professionally, where were you before this? I'd been in the Air Force for four years, got out. I was working computer operations and dispatch of truck at a feed mill in North Georgia. Mm-hmm. Had no idea what vision was. Had no idea about core values or BHAGs or any of that. Was Gave my life to Christ, started teaching a Sunday school class in a Southern Baptist church in Northeast Georgia of a half a dozen kids. I grew up thinking about 40, 45. We planted a church. I said, you're the youth guy. And Explain I'm like, planted the church. We started a new church. We just started a new church from That's called from planting Scott. the yeah, church. Yeah, we planted a church. Just like you start a business, you know, there's a huge movement right now around the country. It's been that way for 20 years about planting new churches. And it just it brings life into communities. And we planted a church and they said, You're our youth guy. I'm like, I was the only option, right? Like, you're the guy. <laughs> you grew a Sunday school class, you can do it. So here I am. I, I started a youth ministry with nothing. I had no idea what I was doing. And and uh, about a, I don't know, six months or a year into it, I ran into um, a, a, my mentor, Ron Luce. He was doing these huge events called Acquire the Fire around the country. And we walked into this, this auditorium, about 12,000 students in Atlanta. And it was the first time God really spoke to my heart. And he said, this is what I want you to do. And so that day, I walked into out of that main session into a leadership session that Ron was doing with about 600 pastors. And he taught on mission statement, core values, and BHAGs. Big, hairy, audacious goals. I never heard of any of that stuff in my life. That day, I wrote down three years of vision. And I had one of those big at-a-glance planners, you know, the big calendars yep. with the big blocks. Three years of vision. Everything but one thing came true in the next three years. I grew one of the largest youth ministries in America. We were making an unbelievable impact in our city. We grew from half a dozen kids to several hundred, four or 500 kids a week. Mm-hmm. We had come in a church of 600. Started doing my own national youth leadership conference. That's when I started you know, garnering the attention of some of the top leaders in the world. And that's how I got on, that's how I got on the stage you know, with Ron and, and John and those guys. Which one didn't come true? Uh, I hired my full-time worship pastor. That was it. It was the only one. The only one that didn't come through. At that moment or ever? It didn't. For there, it did not. And from there, I left. Actually, when I left there, I went to do motivational high school assemblies with a friend of mine who played in the NBA for a while. And uh, we did that for a year. We spoke to 325,000 students around the country. Talk about impact. It was crazy, dude. It was crazy. I did that for a year. My wife at the time was like, okay, that's enough. I had a brand, (laughs) had a three-year-old and maybe a one-year-old. And she was like, you can't be gone. Sunday through Thursday. Every week. Every week during the school year. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, so I left left full-time vocational ministry, called my best friend in Georgia and said, hey, dude, I need a job. He was one of the top mortgage brokers. He said he brought me in his office. He said, here's the keys. Here's a Lexus. There's, a, there's an office. Here's your first deal. So at a 1008, which is a mortgage application across the table, said, I'll walk you through this first deal and you're on your own. Made $146,000 my first year. Didn't know mortgage. I didn't know anything. Two and a half years later, got a broker's license. Became one of the top mortgage brokers in Georgia for about four years until everything crashed in like 08, 09. Yeah. And then, but you still do real estate. I do, yeah. So I'm just a just residential commercial through, yeah, yeah, through EXP. I've got a guy who runs a team. I've got about 50 people under me Mm -hmm. at EXP right now. And so they're they're doing great. I just, I help structure deals or they've got an issue. They'll call me. Other than that, I'm... What states do you work in? Georgia and Alabama. Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, Georgia and residential Alabama. commercial. Residential commercial. So yeah. what's your view on the real estate market right now? Dude, we're, we're it's crazy. You're like, right? We're putting we're putting offers in on houses in Georgia. We can't get them. They're, we're literally seeing 13, 14, 15 offers again. It's almost like it was a year ago. So I think sometimes when you hear some Even of Even at the, these high interest rates. It's crazy. I mean, okay. So I was a mortgage broker forever. My interest rate on my own house back in, oh... Three, I bought, it's about a half million dollar house in a, in a gated community. It's about a half million bucks. I think my rate was like six and an eighth. 
they're not that high. Yeah. We just came out of two and two and a half and two and five eights and two and seven. Like, that's like insane. But it's hard to go. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Exposure leads to expansion. Right. Going back, that's it's exactly, hard not to see that. That's exactly right. I yeah. remember the payments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, I'm yeah. trying to buy a bunch of real Hell estate yeah. right now. And yeah. I remember my first house, I had a first and a second. It was back in the stated mm-hmm. income or liar loans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 07. Yep. And my first was like five and a half. My second was like 11. Yeah. Yeah. And I was fine with it. Yeah. Now it's like 11. Well, it's because you get, you get used to, you get comfortable yeah. and you get used to things. But I mean, right now we're, I mean, we're, we really, the, the values really aren't, cause they've, they've dipped a little bit, but not much. Um, and we're, I mean, literally I, I talked to Chase and my team, we've got several, several clients we're working with buyers, agents right now. And we're trying to find places that we can actually buy that aren't either at list price or now we're even seeing them above list price. So do you think the market's going to keep surging? You think we're, you know, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, it's not, there was a dip. There was definitely a dip for about six months. Uh, And this is all just happened in the last month. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally I'm talking to them like, dude, I've taken this client out. We put X amount of offers in, we can't get them. And I even had him the other day. He called me. This was a, this was a VA loan, ex, ex military guy. And, VA loans are historically harder to get, especially if you've got multiple offers. They're harder because they take longer. Sure. So and sellers don't like them. That's exactly right. Sellers are like, nah. So I said, listen, we need to get a good cover letter. Where did this guy serve? How did this guy serve? What is, how's this going to affect his family if he gets his home? Like those are the kind of things I do on the real estate side. Yep. Like how can we Emotionally leverage, connect. how can we leverage ourselves and put our client in front of this seller to go, we did it. We did it last year. I had a guy whose daughter lived in the subdivision, and she had some medical issues. And his ex-wife lived in the same subdivision, and we actually were a few thousand dollars less on the offer. And the the sellers actually came to us and said, "Listen, we've got this offer on the table. We didn't have an escalation clause. We've got this offer. We'd love for him to be in the subdivision with his ex-wife and the daughter. We know that would work for them. And if you can match this offer, we'll do it. Okay. And we close the deal. It's amazing." Yeah. I actually just closed on my first Georgia property in Athens. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Well, I've got a good agent in Georgia I, if you need somebody. I, I'd love to talk to them because <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just putting an offer on another one. Yeah. I'm trying to pick yeah. up some property, yeah. long-term rentals in mm-hmm. the South. Athens is a great place. Yeah, University yeah. of Georgia. Yeah. i got four college students there. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. fix it up a little bit, just yeah. put a new roof on it, and yeah. going to hopefully keep renting yeah. it to college Chase, students. who runs my team, lives 20 minutes from Athens. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where? In uh, Banks County, so Jefferson yeah. area. Jefferson's about 20, 25 minutes from there. I just, we were building a, a house in uh, the Georgia, South Carolina border at Lake Hartwell. Okay. So, so some of the, one of the agents I just brought on, Christy and Aaron, they were one of the largest exit real, they were the largest exit group in Atlanta, 49 agents. They just moved over under me at EXP and they, they they live on Lake Hartwell. Do they really? Yeah, they sure do. What part do you know? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask. They've got a house there and they've got one down in, um, right outside of Athens at the, the Rich Carlton place down there. I, can't I don't remember know what the name of it is, but they're down there as well. I'm learning the South. I'm, yeah, I, you yeah. know, yeah, not, not quite yeah. there completely. Yeah. So with, with your view of real estate, yeah. cause I think that this is going to help a lot of, a lot of listeners. If you're a first time buyer, you're trying to break into real estate mm-hmm. is now the time or is now the time to wait? I mean, I don't think you ever wait when you buy real estate. I wouldn't overpay for anything right now. You know, if you, but how do you not, well, let me pepper that because yeah. I think the struggle for a lot of people, I was here. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm just, I'm a beginner real estate guy. Yeah. I'm trying to do more because I'm around too many amazing people yeah, yeah. that crush it in real yeah, estate. Yeah. And it's hard when you look at the prices because if you don't have the relationships already in real estate, you don't have wholesalers, you don't have, right. you're not getting the calls from the pocket listings. Right. You're going on Zillow yeah, yeah. and you're seeing a house that everyone already said no to, all the smart money said no mm-hmm. to. It seems overpriced already or above what, not, maybe it's not fair for me to say overpriced, yeah, yeah. high price. Right. Well, I mean, we, we are on the high, we, we still are on the high in the market. And I don't know that you're going to see, I don't know that you're going to see, I mean, because 07, 08 was a train wreck. You said liar loans. Yes. And it really wasn't even just the conventional loans. I mean, if you've seen the movie, The Big Short. I haven't. That, oh, that guy was, that movie is phenomenal. It's about the guy in New York City who looked at all the loans and went, wow, you've got all these three, one, five, one negam yep. loans coming due. This is, so he shorted it and made billions and we don't have that now because they don't. Not a lot of those loans are available. Really, what happened in 0708 was, and it wasn't even subprime because they blamed it on subprime. Listen, if you do a subprime loan, somebody you're charging them 10 percent interest, and your LTV is like 70 percent. So if they do go out, you're you're going to sell the house and get your money back or make money. Sure, because I mean, no bank wants. They're not in the RE 
owe business. They don't want. They don't want to do real estate. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're not real estate business. They're in the banking business. But I think now, excuse me, I think now it's different because you're not going to have massive foreclosures and things like we did back in 07, 08. Um, I just think you just have to be wise and find somebody. You know, when you use an agent, I think it's I think it's 80%, high 70s, low 80% of all agents only do two to three transactions a year. Seriously? Oh, yeah. So, like, right, so what you're seeing right now is, I mean, I told my team this wow. the other day, is you're going to see a thinning out of real estate agents. because So even at Brent's Build event in August, Tony Robbins got to speak, and Tony, there are 4,400 of the top real estate agents in EXP. It's the fastest-growing company in the world. I mean, fast-growing real estate in the world, like 84,000 agents now. It's insane how fast it's growing. And Tony got up, and he goes, you know, those of you guys have been in real estate for the last two, three, four years, you literally have been shooting fish in a barrel. You can wake up at 10 and go to bed at, at, you know, at one o'clock in the morning, you're going to make a hundred grand. You don't have to work hard now. And Tony said, you're not in a down market. You're in an average market. And he's right. This is an average real estate market. And so what I've been preaching and just really driving into my team is, is now's the time to, to build your base yep. because you've got all the people that are like, Oh, this is work. I don't like work. <laughs> you know, Oh, I got to, you mean I have to work to get clients. I've got to work to make a hundred grand. They don't want to do that. Now's the time. It goes right back to what we talked about at the beginning, beginning of the podcast. Now's the time. Add value. Yep. Send them birthday cards. Send them handwritten cards. Call them once every two to three weeks. Hey, Jeff, this is Ken at Ken, the Ken Johnson team. Hey, just want to check if you're interested in the next, you know, three to six months on buying or selling any real estate, or if you know anyone, we'd love to be able to serve you and your family. Yeah. Oh, Ken, man. I don't, okay, great, man. Listen, I'll touch base with you in a few weeks. And you just, you got to work. Hey, fitness fans, ready to crush your fitness goals? Make your move to EOS Fitness, where becoming a member starts at just $9.99 a month. Gyms are open 24-7 and packed with the latest gym equipment to keep your workouts fresh. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, drop by, or hit up jefffenster.com forward slash EOS to join. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Now, let's get after those goals. As an entrepreneur, I know how meaningful it is to invest in the people and causes that are close to me. And on GoFundMe, it's easy, safe, and powerful to do just that. Whether you're supporting a family member, friend, local business, or charity. And whenever you make a donation, you're protected by the GoFundMe giving guarantee. Visit GoFundMe.com today to help make a positive difference in your community. I call that being pleasantly persistent. I yes. do that every Friday. I have my causes that I'm after, and I'm, I'm. Some people say be a pain in the ass, but it's better when you say pleasantly persistent, and that yeah. is a success formula right there. It has made me so much money because when you are pleasantly persistent, even if I say no to you, it's not no forever. It's no today. Yeah. You call me again in three weeks, maybe things have changed. Man, you call me in six months, something changed. Yeah. My buddy in Arizona is the number one. Michael Donald's the number one. I met him through Bradley. He's the number one door-to-door solar sales guy in the world. The number one. When I heard him get announced at a place we were speaking at, and I heard him, I went, you're the number one dude in the world? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, the number one guy in the world. Like, I, as soon as he got through speaking, I went, I made a beeline. I said, you're the number one guy in the world? He's like, yeah, man, I'm the number one dude. He's, he's got all these door-to-door con, you know, door knocker, man of the year awards, and Maxwell speaking, and Ed Milet, and Brad speaking, all these events. And I'm like, dude, I, gotta, I had him on my podcast. Yeah. And he said, it blew me away. And I've had a lot of amazing guests on my podcast. But this one line, I was like, he said, Ken, every day before I go knock on doors, I feel like I got to throw up in the bushes. I'm like, what? Dude, you're the number. I mean, it's like Michael Jordan saying, I'm scared to take the shot. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, I have to get a few no's before the nervous feeling goes away. Yeah. And the problem is, is we don't like hearing no. We don't like doing the work. And the reality of it is, is you're putting an offer out there just because they say no doesn't mean, number one, they don't like you. Doesn't mean they don't, they think less of you or doesn't mean they're not going to use you in the future. But if you make that about relationship and how can I add value to you, you know what they're going to do? And it's top of mind marketing, especially when it comes to real estate. If you can make that about them and you adding value to them, the next time they come around, they're going to do something. You know what? They're going to use you. Mm-hmm. And I tell my team, 
Now is a time for you to build your base of clientele because you're going to weed out all these little real estate agents and all the people that are just wanting to do this because it's fun and easy. And, you know, any soccer mom can make, hope I don't offend soccer moms, any, any soccer mom can go out and make a hundred grand a year. Yeah. And it's just not that way anymore. So now you got to put the work in. But when the market rebounds in the next 18 to 24 months, it's cyclical. It's been this way for 40 years, 50 years. Once the market starts to rebound, now you're going to have a pool and a base of clients. It's going to be a lot larger than you had before, and you can make more money than you ever made before. So I have two final questions on real estate. One, something you just said. So you think we're in about 18 to 24 months, the market will? That's the, that's the normal cycle. Because, I mean, we've cycle. been down for six months, six to eight months. And it's usually three years down. Two, two a couple years down. And yeah. then two to three years down. Because I mean, we, we've been in a decade of up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. 2011, yeah. I guess, 2011. So that was, what, three years? It was 08, 09, so two and a half, three years. It was down. And it was only down. You know, the biggest wealth transfers in, in history take place during those recessions. Yeah. Watch what guys like you, guys like Brad, guys like Grant, watch guys who have money, guys like Vic Keller, watch what they're doing and watch how they invest and just follow what they do. You know, um, who is it? Brandon Dawson from uh, Carlin Ventures says, model, mimic, and master. Brad Lee always says success leaves clues. Just follow what they're doing. Yep. It's not rocket science. Well, that's the purpose of the show. Success yeah. formulas. That's what I'm here to learn from yeah. you. I want to steal all that knowledge. <laughs> My final question on real estate. Yeah. What do you think interest rates do in the next 12 to 18 months? Um, Especially being on the broker side, you must have. Yeah. I don't, I don't do it. I don't, obviously I'm not a mortgage broker anymore. I'm just a real estate no, guy. You have that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're you know, the best expert in the room. Yeah. They, so what they've done is that, you know, they, they keep having to raise the interest rates, sure. the feds, the, the prime because of inflation, because we just printed a bunch of money for no reason, which we, you know, that's both parties fault. I don't care what you say or who you vote for, which aisle, the, which aisle you fall on. Um, we keep making dumb decisions. You make dumb decisions. You get, you win, you make stupid decisions. You get stupid prizes. Um, <laughs> but I just, so I think that, I think that, you know, I don't know that they're not going to go crazy. I don't think, I mean, we're in the sixes, like mid, mid to high sixes right now on 30 year fixed rates, I believe is where they're at. At least the last time I talked to one of my mortgage broker buddies, um, they may go up a little bit, but I mean, they're going to, I don't know that we'll ever see two and, you know, three quarters. Right. Or three. I have I mean, a vacation house in Big yeah. Bear. It's 2.75% interest insane. rate on a second home. That's insane. That's crazy. It's free. Yeah. It's literally free yeah. money. Boy, if you want to get on a political soapbox real quick, you can talk about what they just did last week. What they do Where people week? over 720 scores. If you're over 700 or over 720, they're actually going to dock you a percent. You're going to pay a loan, a, a loan fee of a percentage. And if you're under 640, you actually get a rebate. Well, hold on. Of so a percentage. I asked a friend of mine this because I read that. Yeah. And he said the way we're reading it, the way you just articulated yeah. it, is not actually an accurate thing. Okay, well, that may not be so right. So let me— let, you, let you me, may be let, correct. And I'm just repeating. Yeah, yeah. So this is not Jeff Finster knowledge. Yeah, this yeah. is—I'm regurgitating. Right. I may butcher this, and what he yeah. told me may be false. But he said, if you had a low credit score, you used to always pay a higher premium. That's exactly right. You're now paying a lower, higher premium. Okay. It's going down a little bit. They're making it not as painful. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. If you're in that upper score, you just have a—you're not paying— you're paying the 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 range of that penalty mm-hmm. just got spread lo- larger. So hypothetically, let's say if you have below a seven hundred, it's two percent, right? Two percent right. punishment. And if you're above seven hundred, there was no punishment. Gotcha. Now it's below six hundred is like one point eight percent punishment, and seven hundred to seven fifty is a quarter percent punishment. Yeah. yeah, here's a success. Story. I don't know if that's true. Here's a success story or a success formula. Don't reward people who don't get shit done. Yes. Don't don't reward people who don't who don't want to work for it. Uh, um, I, I mean, you don't do that with your kids. True. I, I just I just had Scott Donald. You got to connect with Scott. He's, I would love to meet. Dude, he's brilliant. I mean, he's exited a couple of companies for hundred million plus, and he just launched Gravy Stack. Gravy Stack. Gravy Stack. It's it's a banking app for, and he hired the number one. He's a Japanese guy to gamify banking for children. Teenagers and now adults are even using it. Just dropped his book. I think it's going to be on New York Times bestseller this week. Um, I'll pick up a copy. I had him. I had him on my. Um, I had him. He actually came on my Wednesday night community call, and because he's part of my mastermind, and taught in this app that he's got. They're looking at a billion dollar valuation within two years, and literally, he he what he talked about was he 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 said on my podcast he, or on my on my call, he said I come from four generations of entrepreneurs, and he goes every generation. My great-grandparents didn't pass money down. They gave it 
to the widows and the poor. What they taught down, what they what they transferred down to every generation was the ability and the understanding to of value creation. I create value everywhere I go. He goes with my kids; they create value everywhere they go. And this app that he's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And it's not, you don't reward them just to reward them, but you go create value. That's what we talked about earlier off air. Mm -hmm. You create value. You help enough people get what they want. You help people become the best version of themselves. Dude, you're going to have everything you want. And more. You're going to things you don't even realize you want. And the fulfillment. You can't put a price tag. I don't care how much money you have. The commas and zeros in your bank account, the watch, the car, the house, the plane, the this, that, the other, none of that is go- can equal when you lay your head down on a pillow at nighttime and you know you live today and you know, dude, Jeff Finster's my friend. Dude, Dave Meltzer is my friend. Like if I need Sharon Lecter, I, I just texted Sharon last week. If I need Sharon, because I want her to come on one of my Think and Grow Rich calls we're doing in June and July. She's like, let me know when I'm on. Like, man, yeah. I get to do this and then use those relationships and connect them with people to make an impact and help people become the best version of themselves. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I get to do this? This is what, and I get to make great money <laughs> and hang out and go to San Diego and Calabasas and do all these things. Yeah. When you lay your head down at night and you can, you can experience that level of fulfillment, nothing touches it. I mean, you just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> so I got to preach on me. It is. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it because I want to now pivot a little bit to GSD. Yeah. Um, give me the thesis. Helping business leaders build confidence, gain clarity, and create community. And more specifically, why grow, stack, drive? Why those three specific words? Well, so this is a, this is a long story that really doesn't really have a great answer. So in so in February, March of 2020, right before COVID hit, I was going to do a conference in Atlanta. I sat with my team, about six or seven of us, all my all my guys, and we wrote on these big post-it notes. Each of us had our own post-it note. We wrote down like 25 of our favorite adjectives. And so then each of us had to whittle it down to three. And so we've got all the papers with circles on it. And we went around the room. We picked out the ones we liked. We put them on separate and grow, stack, and drive were three of them. That was going to be the name of our conference. I had David Pollock, my good friend from College Game Day, coming in. He lives in Athens, where you're, where you're at. He's a UGA legend. Um, I had Davey coming in, John Maxwell, we're going to do this. Well, then a week and a half later, COVID hits. Everything shut down. We mm-hmm. were doing it at the Maxwell Leadership Institute in in Sugar Hill, right there in Gwinnett County in Atlanta is where my conference is going to be. The first one. And so we, we called it Gross Stat Drive was the name of the conference. COVID hit. We're like, oh, man, the whole world's shutting down. <laughs> we need to do something now. So I did two free webinars, like or three weeks in a row. I did webinars on and I just brought people that I knew in to help people with EIDL loans and all the paycheck, all the stuff that was happening that they were doing. I brought them in and said, okay, by the way, we're gonna launch a coaching community next week. It's 12 weeks. I think it was 399 bucks. Like and now my community for a year is six grand. Yep. It's 399, 397. We're gonna do this. And what are we gonna call it? We're gonna call it well, we got Gross Stack Drive. We've already come up. That's what we're gonna call it. That's where Gross Dad Drive came from. I mean, I don't think that's a stupid answer. I think that's an amazing <laughs> answer because what you what you did, right, is yeah. you guys identified those adjectives yeah. that mattered, that connected to an yeah. emotion inside of you. Yeah. Because I love it. Yeah. When you think about those three words, we all need those. Yeah. We need to grow everything in our lives. Mm-hmm. When you start doing that, then you start wind stacking and yeah. stack them on yeah. top of each other and drive forward. Yeah. I that's love it. it. And so coaching clients of yours, yeah. what is the, not what your goal is, because mm-hmm. your goal is to help them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, but what do you think the goal of your, most of your students is when they when they first come in? Say I'm a student, I sign up. I'm yeah. now you're my new you're my new coach. You, I'm assuming you asked me what my goals are. What's oh, the number one goal you hear from the majority of your students? It's always revenue. It's it's almost always revenue tied. And we every call we get in, we do a Monday morning call called Kickstart Your Week at 8 a.m. Eastern and a Wednesday p.m. call at 8 p.m. That's about an hour and 15 minutes. We theme those out every month. I have guests come on all the time. Like this month, we're doing confidence. My good friend, Sean Swarner, who lives in Castle Rock, who went with me to the Undercover Billionaire Boot Camp. He's the only man in history to do the Explorer's Grand Slam. Climb the highest peak of all seven continents, including Everest, ski to the North Pole and the South Pole. They just did a hour-long documentary on Amazon Prime called True North. He's the only man in the history of the world to do it with one lung. Two cancer, one lung? Two cancer diagnoses at 14, terminal. 16, a different kind of cancer. At 16, they said you got two weeks left to live. 
and they took one of your lungs out at 16 years old, and he did the Explorer's Grand Slam. How did he wait? It's it's an it is an. Am I going to learn this by watching? It is it, the story is if you watch True North on Amazon Prime, it's unbelievable. I'm going to watch it today. Dude, it is you'll get some Kleenex because you're going to cry. Yeah, and he does it for cancer survivors. Like when he went to the top of Everest, he's got a flag that he takes with him with all these cancer survivors or people that have lost people to cancer, and he mounted it on the top of Everest. Got on a satellite phone and called his mom and said, "Mom, I'm on the top of the world." Wow. So so how do you how do how do we do what we do? I got I have guys like that that hop on my call and we talk about how to build confidence this this month. And I got I got him. It's dude, the friends I have is it's insane. Mm -hmm. I, I did my whole talk at Undercover Billionaire Bootcamp and I brought him up on stage. Just, guys, listen, I brought an object lesson with me today, and I brought him up and I said, "Sean, tell everybody who you are." And they're like, "Are you kidding me? Like you just hang these guys just hang out with you everywhere you go?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Do you think I look at a guy like Sean and I think, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for us to do five hundred or thousand people in our create conference this year? Are you freaking kidding me? He told me last week, he was like, dude, I think I want to, I told my wife I want to do Everest with no oxygen. I'm like, bro, you have one, one lung. lung. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you have one <laughs> lung. He's like, I know, man. Can you imagine how awesome that would be to be able to do that? I'm like, I'm like, okay, I do not think big yes. enough. But yeah, but that's, but that's what we do. And I, it's always revenue. We always kick our call off with revenue goals. Tell me a revenue wins. Where did you win this week in revenue? But what happens is, there is a transition to where when people come in, and I see it through. I see it throughout all the different coaching circles now, because our thing has been I pastored for fifteen years. Dude, I'm going to help you build community and build relationships that are going to help you become the best man and the best version of who you are. So you don't have to worry if you go out and make five million dollars. You're not going to lose your family. Yep. You're not going to worry about making dumb decisions. They're going to cost you everything. And dude, I could line them up. So we share that. But what happens is there's a tr always a transition to where they go from revenue goals. And I keep the revenue right in front of everybody all the time because that really is, I can't help people. I can't help a Waffle House waitress or I can't give to this cause or I can't give to this thing if I don't have enough money to pay my lap bill and I'm worried about how I'm going to send my kids to college. But I see them transition into understanding the importance of relationships and community. And when they do that, and that light bulb, that aha moment kicks in, uh, it's a game changer for them. I can see it lights yeah. you up too. Yeah, it does. I mean, of all the things you just said, when you just said that, I saw yeah, the light yeah, bulb go yeah, with you. It yeah. fires you up. Yeah, it does. And your podcast, mm -hmm. As a Leader Grows. First of all, the name's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I got to be a guest on that show. That was <laughs> yes, our first time we yeah. got to meet. Um, how many episodes have you done now? Oh, I have no idea, dude. A you lot. do one a week, right? Two a week. So I do Two a coaching weeks. with Ken every Monday morning that I drop. It's just me in my mind. But I mean, when you like have this. a guest, one a week. Yeah, I do a guest. And then I drop a guest every Wednesday. Every yeah. Wednesday. You've been doing it for how many years? Um, two and a half, three. So there's several hundred, several hundred yeah, episodes wow. I've got. Yeah. Being on this yeah. side of the table is a different, it's uh, a different side of the table. Yeah. And I just dropped one with my good friend, Alex Morton. Yeah. Um, and Alex and I got connected through Gary Brecker. We just got connected. I text him. And dude, now we've become like close. Dude, who do you need to know? And I'm I'm yeah. sending people. Alex, you need to know this guy. Boom, and I'm connecting them. Yeah, yeah. So, what is the big goal? What is your BHAG this year? Well, I've got fifty, one hundred, five hundred, and a thousand. Um, you know, and if we can hit those, and it's not it's five point one nine two million in revenue, but if we can, that's a goal. But what's your BHAG? Ah. <sighs> Cause I know well, I'm getting, I, I'm I getting know married. I'm, I'm, I'm getting gonna... married. Eleven, eleven. <laughs> yes, I am. Hey. I'm getting married. Eleven, eleven. Thanks, bro. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So that's super. That's super cool. And a whole story for a for a whole a whole crazy story for another day. Just on my journey, I actually had my therapist at Create this year, and I had Lauren get up. She's a somatic therapist. What does that mean, somatic? Somatic. Therapist? She teaches you how to control your central nervous system. So when you've had trauma in the past, she teaches you how to. So. A year ago, we don't have no, we don't have a ton of time. I'll give no, you this just, really, really quick. A year ago, I walked give the, in. Give me the meat, though. I don't, yeah, I walk don't into my, I, I walk into my therapist in in um, Birmingham, Alabama. Maxine, she's about a sixty year old black lady. I tell everybody she's like, she's a mild version of Medea. She's hilarious. Every time I walk in, she's like, "Honey, you praying the spirit this week? How are you and Jesus doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing good, Maxine. We're good." And I walk in the very first time. I walk in her office, and she looks at me, and she goes, "She goes, tell me your story." And I saw I was born in Detroit. Uh, eight years old, my parents got divorced, second grade. Sixth grade, my mom moved us to Georgia. From sixth grade to my senior year of high school, I moved to my dad six different times. I went to 12 schools, and I went to six different high schools. She's writing in her little therapist notebook, and she looks up, and she goes, why in the world would you want to move so many times? 
What made you want to do that? And that's what I said, Maxine, I didn't have a choice. I said, every time I got in trouble, my mom would say, go pack a bag. And I had 24 to 48 hours. I was on a bus plane or my mom was on, or my dad was on the way to pick me up from Michigan. And she wrote in her journal for just a second. And then she asked me this question, second biggest aha moment in my life outside of August of 93 when I gave my life to Christ. She said, how do you think that's had an impact on the women who are supposed to love and protect you your whole life? And I lost it. And I went back in my mind three weeks earlier. I was dating a girl in San Francisco that I love dearly. And she picked me up at the airport. We didn't even make it out of San Francisco. And I, get, I got, she said something to me. I got triggered. I said, pull the car over. I got my bag and I left. And here was a 53-year-old man living out the trauma of a 13-year-old boy. Except now you're not going to tell me to leave. I'm packing my bag and I'm leaving before you tell me. And so I spent a year walking through with two different therapists walking through that trauma I went through as a kid, reading books, uh, Gabby Bernstein's book, uh, my good friend um, G.S. Youngblood's book on the, the masculine relationship, reading books and really becoming the best version of who Ken is. And the moment I did, and the moment I walked through these things, and I know it sounds goofy, literally walked right into, and for the first time in 30 years, wasn't looking for a relationship, walked right into a woman, and I was like, it's so crazy, dude. We got introduced by a mutual friend at an event in Cabo. The second or third day, I'm telling her that story, and I'm talking about my therapist, Lauren, who lives in Nashville, where she's from. The third or fourth day, I let her read this paper I wrote on my ideal partner. It starts with Proverbs 31 woman and all these different characteristics of woman. She looks at me, and she goes, I'm all these things. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, okay. The next day, she goes, by the way, what's your therapist's last name? I said, Zoller. She goes, Lauren's also my therapist. She said, I went through her whole, I know, bro, I was like, you got to be kidding me. We're sitting there in Cabo. I take a picture of us and I send it to Lauren, who speaks at my conference. And Lauren goes, shut up. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't make it up. And it, she didn't come around until I did the work. I didn't come around for her until she did the work. And literally in weeks, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the woman I'm going to marry. And I told her, I said, you know, I want to marry you. She said, yeah. She said, God told me you were going to ask. And when you asked to say yes, I said, well, I'm asking. So, yeah, so I'm getting married to 1111. How's that for a BHAG? <laughs> That's a great, great BHAG. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable, dude. It's, it has been an unbelievable two and a half, three years. God is so good. The people I get to spend time with, dude, are unbelievable. So let's end with, yeah. do you have clearly defined success formula or core values? Yes. What are they? Core five. My core five are faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. And I tell everybody faith, health, and relationships, that's my morning routine. Soon as I get up in the morning, I grab my phone. I did it this morning. Go straight to my worship song. I post it on Instagram. You do, because I always like to, I, yep. I, the ones I, yep. I, I, I always yep. give the. I always do it. Yep. The little, the hands raised, the, the hand, hand raising. Yep. The slider. Yep. I do the slide. And so I do that. I go straight to my Version Bible app. And I think we just finished up something in the book of Matthew today. Soon as I'm done, that goes straight to my six guys. And it goes straight to my 14-year-old. And so I send that to them. And then it's faith, health. I'm in the gym every single. I've lost 82 pounds in three years. Come on, baby. I mean, you look good. As soon as I walked in, I'm like, dude, dude Jeff, small you're, shirts. You're, yeah, that's bullshit. But anyway, <laughs> you may want to beat that out. No, we're good. Uh, small shirts. No, dude, you've been putting in work. And uh, so faith, health. And then it's relationships. I'm texting people. I'm I'm involved in people's lives before 7 a.m., mm -hmm. adding value. Faith, health, relationships, business, and finances. And then, man, once work starts, it's relationship, business, and finances the rest of the day. And I, I color code my calendar, and I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. And so that's it, man, our core five. And so every time we do a conference, every time I do a mastermind, we start with faith, and we work all the way through the core five to the end of the conference or the mastermind. And, you know, I haven't heard it the way you just said it because I'm thinking about, you know, my success formula, my my five core values, and they're make friends, mm. have fun. Number three is is um, take immediate decisive action. Number four is Kaizen, to get 1% mm -hmm. better every day. And number five is be change ready. Mm. And I'm trying to think how I would apply those to those five of yours. And I can see a bunch of them in there. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have them. As, I don't have a faith one. I struggle with that. Yeah. It's okay. And I, I That's why I asked you that question at the beginning. Yeah. I'm not a religious guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Neither am I. I've never had a, I've never had the feeling that yeah. I hear so much yeah. other people have had. Yeah. I've never had that connection. And we're not, this isn't a religious show or a faith yeah. show, but faith is, faith is a, when you don't have it or you haven't had that feeling or you haven't 
really been able to connect in some mm-hmm. some bigger way, it's it's kind of hard to understand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, that's that's the one. Like trying to explain it. somebody what a, what it feels like to make a million dollars and they've never made a million dollars. You can't explain it. Or, yeah, or any kind. It's of, more quantifiable. Yes, I would say it's yes. more like love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's You've right. Never that's been right. in yes, love before because yes. love will make you do a whole Crazy lot of things, things. based on yes, a, a, it's a version of faith, <laughs> isn't it? Yes, it is, my friend. Yes, <laughs> yes it, it is. is. But Ken, dude, thank you so much oh, for coming, welcome. man. I mean, honestly, like I said to you on the phone, I don't know, two three months ago, yeah. I said, "Whatever you can come, I want you out here." And you yeah. said, "Jeff, I'll be there." And your man of your word, and yeah. it's been a friendship I've been so honored and privileged to have with you over the last three years. Um, like I said, I've spoken at hundreds of conferences and hundreds of events and that small intimate event of yours, that early event when yeah. I got to spend time with you and Carlos and, uh, Tori. Yeah. Yeah. Tori, yeah, Tori Cruz. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and just the other bunch of great people that were there. Um, it's rare. It's, it, unfortunately it's rare, mm-hmm. but that day I left and I'm like, I love Ken. I, I want to know more of Ken. I want to be around Ken. So for those listening, Ken is so clear on his mission GSD is something that you should all look at, um, not just because uh, Ken's going to add a ton of value and make you more successful and help you gain clarity, build build confidence, and create a community, mm-hmm. but because it's also be around successful people. That exposure is going to expand your capability, and you're going to be a better version of yourself, and Ken's on a mission to, to help a million people, and I love it. Love it, man. Appreciate Dude, thank you, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking to level up your relationship capital game, then take a minute and text the word Jeff to 33777 for a free copy of my Network to Millions playbook. The link will also be provided in the show notes below. See you guys next time.